Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Nation border correspondent Allie Bradley. You've no doubt seen the headlines about what's happening at the border, but there's so much more that I don't get to share with you during the newscasts. Here is where I'll dive deeper, show you all sides of a topic that's become a political football. This is Bradley on the Border. Well, it's always been a numbers game, but knowing where the numbers currently fall is important to understand what is really going on along our southern border. Okay, so CBP, that's Customs and Border Protection, is now allowing 1,450 migrants to make an appointment with the CBP-1 app each day. Now, that app was created after the end of Title 42 as a way for migrants from certain countries to actually hold their place in line at a port of entry where they would then be able to go up and basically self-surrender to a CBP officer at the port of entry. And then from there, they would be admitted based on a check of their biometrics and they would be released into the United States with a court date. Now, that is actually up from the 1,000 that they were initially allowing under the CBP-1 app. Now, this bump in app appointments means that nearly 530,000 migrants are walking across at ports of entry into the U.S. each year. It's about 529,000, okay? So this has been made legal under this administration, which, of course, set out to create a legal pathway for migrants because they have been battling for an immigration reform package, but that is stalled in Congress. So they're not making a lot of headway when it comes to any legislation. So they're kind of creating policies right now. Encounters across the southern border are hovering around 4,000 each day. And when we look at those numbers, that's kind of back to those normal levels before what we saw when Title 42 was ending. But agents tell me that that 4,000 number is still unsustainable. That is still unmanageable for them. In the Del Rio sector, which is where Eagle Pass is, they're seeing large groups once again. In the Tucson sector, they're absolutely overwhelmed right now. Agents tell me they are processing and transporting when they should be in the field patrolling. Okay, so we talked about those policies that the federal government has been putting into place. So with that being said, has the number of people that are being let into the country legally. We have a cap at 675,000 through INA. That's an agreement that we have made each year. But now with this additional 530,000 people, and then we're also allowing in 100,000 people through a family reunification process. So did they just increase the cap with a wave of a policy wand? And is this crisis still impacting America's communities? We talked with a national security expert about that. Here's what Charles Marino had to say. The Department of Homeland Security is known for playing what I call the shell game with the numbers, especially around immigration and border security. None of this is statutory in nature. The only thing that's known is that they're doing everything in their power to circumvent and exploit Title VIII just like they've exploited our asylum programs. 
That's why they have destroyed the entire immigration system. So now based on the creation of the CBP-1 app, all they're doing is allowing for illegal immigration to come through the ports of entry under the guise of asylum. They're being released into the country. Again, we know the uh, immigration hearings are backlogged anywhere from seven to 10 years now. So once they get in the country, these migrants are gonna remain and likely never show up for their hearings. And here we are talking about the same problem at crisis levels uh, with no changes other than where these illegal migrants are being told to report. And I mean, when it comes to legal immigration, the United States accepts 675,000 people each year with a permanent visa status. With that being said, when you break down these numbers, you're looking at 1,450 people a day. That's nearly 530 people, 530,000, excuse me, people a year. That's almost to our, what congressional level of intake is. How is that allowed? Like you said, it's a policy versus legislation. What kind of impact does this have on our national security where we're looking at allowing in basically the amount of people to a legal level, I mean, we're upping the cap to 1.2 million, basically. Yeah. What, is so the, what, what is the impact there? Well, the impact, obviously, let's start with the infrastructure throughout cities across the country to begin with. That's why we're continuing to see cities uh, become overwhelmed with these numbers of migrants and all of their services just be inundated. If we look at it from a national security standpoint, I've always said, as we've discussed before, that the vetting is only as good as the systems you're vetting against. Look at the numbers of Chinese nationals that are appearing at our southwest border that we know about. There's no way to vet these people before they're being let into the country. We don't share information background information with countries like China and Iran and others. So these people are being let in. We have no idea who they are. And then let's add on top of these already astronomical numbers, the numbers of gotaways. Okay, so the biggest piece for this, right, is what does this mean for the communities? How is it impacting everybody? Well, I checked in with Yuma Regional Medical Center, which is still battling to recover more than $26 million in uncompensated migrant care. Hospital officials say they're not seeing any unusually high volume right now. However, what's interesting is a Yuma Community Food Bank does say they're seeing more people seeking residency in the county and requesting assistance that way. So definitely some things there where the communities are impacted. But when it comes to hospitals being inundated or anything like that, that is not something that we're seeing take shape just yet. Okay, so when we talk about these numbers, what does it actually look like? Well, in certain sectors, there are still people streaming across self-surrendering. Those are like those family units. You see three or 400 in a big group come across in, say, Eagle Pass or in Yuma. That is very much the reality in those areas. And then when you go to the two Tucson sector, you're seeing more people who are trying to evade, more people jumping the wall, scaling down the wall, using that rope and ladder. We're seeing more of that in the Tucson sector. So that is kind of what's happening on the ground. Now, you're also seeing more 
gotaways as well in the El Paso sector. We're seeing that pick up as well. So we're seeing more people come in trying to evade law enforcement right now, despite there being a legal pathway at those ports of entry right now using the CBP-1 app. So I spoke with Art Del Cueto. He is the vice president in the National Border Patrol Council. Here is some of what Art had to say about the numbers and what they're really seeing on the front lines. You know what? It's, it's, it's upsetting and it's sad because it almost reminds me of, you know, failing countries when they have a failing economy. What they do is overnight they drop one of the zeros off from their currency and then they say, look, the debt isn't as big as it is. I know uh, Mexico has done that several times, but now, you know, we're, we're having that same playbook being done with immigration with our leaders where they're just upping the, the, the amount that is that it's allowable and saying, look, uh, it's now now the numbers are down. It's, it's the same play with numbers that they've always done. In addition, you know, they, they have spoken when they've been confronted and they said, well, talk to all these people that we have sent back. The, what they don't tell you, and it was the same thing under the Obama administration. So, you know, they're just piggybacking off of each other and mirroring what they did before. Under the Obama administration, much like what's being done now during the Biden administration, is they'll have individuals that will come across, they'll send them back to their country. So those are the ones that they count as deported. But then if those people come and try it again, they deport them again. But then they continue to add those numbers. So some of these people where they say, well, look at our deportations, our numbers are up. Well, a lot of those deportations, it's the same person that was deported several times. Kind of like Title 42. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's just they, they, they've learned how to play the game with the numbers and you know how to baffle people with those numbers. And what's crazy to me, Art, is I keep hearing the numbers are down, the numbers are down. But the reality is the impact of this immigration crisis is still going to be felt across the nation because we are still seeing around 3,000 people apprehended along the southern border, right? That's about normal pre-Title 42 levels. But then you're tacking on this 1,450 a day. Again, nobody's staying in border communities. You know what, Ali, and at the same time, agents are still, you know, being removed from the field. They're being placed in areas where they're doing the processing. They're being placed in the hospitals where they're doing the hospital watches. Some of our special operation groups, which is just ridiculous to me, some of these special operation groups, individuals like Bortac and Borstar, even they are now being placed in processing areas. So if there wasn't if there wasn't a crisis, if there wasn't a problem, why are you putting the elite guys that are needed in case something really bad happens in the field? You're placing them now in processing at the same time. And all the while, you have less agents out in the field, so you have less individuals, less eyes out there to actually count the gotaways and the numbers that are getting away. So it's great to say, oh, our apprehensions are down. Well, somebody needs to call them out and say, well, how are your gotaways? And, and, and how are you counting your gotaways? Because if you don't have agents in the field to count them, then a lot of these individuals that are getting away, they're not even being counted. Yeah, they have the no arrow stats anymore, I think four or something. All of these things have removed their capabilities to find the bad guy, the gotaway count, right? That, and then exactly we also see El Paso pop up with a soft-sided facility that costs nearly $2 billion. And you're like, why do you need that if there's no crisis? And if numbers are down, Art, why would they need something like that if numbers are down? Well, why would they need any of this if they have, if, if their message from the beginning of there is no problem. It's under control. It's secure. Uh, you know, but then they turn around and they say, well, we're doing this. Well, I, I thought it was secure. Uh, again, it's just they're playing with words. They're playing with numbers. It's shameful. And at the same time, uh, it's sad because I believe that this is something that we're not just looking at it now and we're facing the problems of it. But I think it's something that's going to affect our country for many, many years to come. And that's where a lot of the problem is.
Well, and you look at places like New York and like Chicago, where the mayors there are up, up in arms, frustrated, right? These people, legal or illegal, aren't staying at the border, Art. These 1,450 people a day are going where? Look, I'm at, I'm at an event in North Carolina that I had to do a, a personal event for a group that, I, that, that I'm a part of. And, and I've seen it in, in North Carolina uh, constantly. You know, you see a lot of individuals that are out in the streets. Uh, you're seeing a lot of these individuals that, that, you've, that I've spoken to, you know, just, you know, nonchalantly. And a lot of them that are working a lot of spots, they'll say, hey, no, I came, you know, uh, and I turned myself in and I'm, I was waiting for the asylum. And, and the reality is those are the individuals that, yeah, you have to realize that there is a separation. There's a group of people that are actually here. They're trying to better themselves. They have a real legitimate reason. But at the same time, when you see so many individuals, as has been seen in, in Arizona, of groups of people that have come across, they don't even speak the language whatsoever. And then when you catch a huge group from a particular country and some of those individuals are on the terrorist watch list, it is ignorant for us to think that anyone else that was in that group may not have some time of, of some type of tie. They're just not registered. They're just not seen that way. But you know, it, it is, I, I'm telling you, it's scary times. I hate to sound like a, a fear monger and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to put fear in people. I'm not. I'm a realist and people need to start look, paying attention and say, hey, let's be a realist. This is the greatest country in the world. But the reason it is like that is because we have laws that other countries don't have. And we need to remain with those laws, in particular our immigration laws. We need to secure our borders. You can't just let it a free for all because or else, uh, you know, we may see a tragedy in the future. You know, God forbid. But the reality is the leadership at the White House right now is not doing the right thing. They're not paying attention. They haven't cared from day one. Something needs to be done. Okay. Cartel involvement with legal immigration. Legal pathways for immigration. That is something that most of America stands behind. Do talk to just about anyone and they'll say, yeah, come legally. But here's the problem. If there is a vulnerability to exploit, the cartel is going to find it. You better believe it. And as we have been reporting... It was only a matter of time before these transnational criminal organizations pivoted once again, and it is all to maintain control of the migrant flow, okay? The cartels figured out that human beings, that migrants, are more lucrative than drugs because you can use people multiple times. That is the reality down at the southern border for these cartel groups. So these cartel members are now reportedly intercepting migrant groups that have the intention to cross at ports of entry using that CBP-1 app. That app was put into place under this administration as kind of a, a way to hold your spot in line for your appointment at a port of entry. This all came into play after the end of Title 42. Well, Border Patrol agents tell me that even if an individual wants to go through the port, maybe they have an appointment on that CBP-1 app, well... The cartel members are actually going to get involved. They're going to intercept these people and they're going to tell them they have to cross at another point through the river. And then once they cross the river, Border Patrol will be there to receive them. So these cartel members are actually telling migrants it is the easier way to ask for asylum. Here's the thing, though. If fewer migrants are crossing illegally between the ports of entry, agents are able to do their job and patrol the border. Cartels can't have that. So they have to continue to control that flow and pull the people from the ports of entry and bring them down between the ports in those illegal crossings so that it ties up border patrol. Otherwise, it cuts into their bottom line. 
when it comes to boots on the ground, we are still seeing a steady stream of people coming in. We are still seeing that happening in the Tucson sector where they're asking for help. They're actually asking other sectors to come in and help transport and process migrants. And here's the thing, dealing with these cartels, it's not like what you see in the movies. It's very orchestrated and they do it in a very stealthy way using whatever tactic they can, but they're always one step ahead. Here's more of what Art Del Cueto with National Border Patrol Council had to say about that. This is where the problem is. The problem is the, the drug cartels, they're the ones that are controlling the flow, right? So even some individuals that would want to go through the port of entry, the drug cartels, they're intercepting those groups when they're coming into border towns. They're the ones that are in charge after that and say, no, this is what you're going to do. We're going to cross you in this other area. You're going to cross through here. They tell them it's as easy as asking for asylum. So don't worry, you're going to get across and get and remain in America anyway. But the reason they do that is because they know that causes that distraction that the drug cartels need in order to bring their drugs back into the country when agents are preoccupied somewhere else. Good. Awesome. Well, sounds like we have illegal immigration under control, Art. <laughs> under the White House standards, I guess we do. They, they can make their own definition of it. But I think under the American public and, and the, the majority of people out there, they realize that there is a problem. Now, the Department of Homeland Security is saying that if a migrant crossed into the U.S. illegally, they're talking about between the ports of entry, not going through a port, not using the CBP-1 app, then those migrants are supposed to be turned back and banned for five years and not eligible for asylum. That is under Title VIII. That is what DHS has said. Secretary Mayorkas has put that information out. However, migrants do legally have the opportunity to claim asylum. So the majority are still being released with a court date into the United States. Some of those court dates are three to six years out because of the court backlog. Now, the biggest concern for agents and national security advisors that I talked to, though, is the amount of people who are successfully evading law enforcement. Sources tell me right now that more than 540,000 undocumented individuals have actually evaded law enforcement this fiscal year. That is just since October 1st. Important to note here that 540,000 does not include numbers for May or June, which we hope to get those numbers soon. But sources say those numbers are actually much higher in reality, especially since there aren't agents in the field to actually count or respond to said gotaways. And DHS also removed the majority of their aerostat balloons. Those are those big blimps in the sky that help track migrants who are trying to evade law enforcement. So fewer eyes to count means fewer numbers that will ultimately come back. To see what I'm up to next, make sure you tune into News Nation. Don't know where to watch us? Easy. Go to www.joinnn.com, enter your zip code, and the channel finder will show you the broadcast channel to find us on. Don't forget, we're also on all the streamers, Hulu, Roku, and YouTube TV. Now, if you have an angle I need to cover, shoot me a message at abradley at newsnationnow.com. Until next time, this is News Nation's Allie Bradley. And you've been listening to Bradley on the Border.
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money. 